from 99.9 The Fan. This is The Drive with Tim Donnelly. Sponsored by Coach Pete at Capital Financial Advisory Group. Visit us at CapitalFinancialUSA.com. Let's get it. You going to be home by 7 o'clock, Joe? Yeah, it should be. All right. You got a chance to watch the U.S. against Japan. Got to run by Costco In first. the World Baseball Classic Championship game. Yeah. 7 o'clock, FS1. Merrill Kelly on the mound for the, for the, the Arizona Diamondbacks pitcher Merrill Kelly mm-hmm. on the mound for the U.S. We might see you Darvish out of the bullpen for the Japanese. Oh, man. That's a name I haven't. Not Shohei Itani, though. He will not be pitching tonight, but of course he'll be playing. I think a lot of Hold people up. are kind of sort of looking forward to Otani, Japan, Mike Trout, his Angels teammate, Hold playing up. for the U.S. Hold up. Is this yet another way in which the Angels can lose? <laughs> no, because they got one on each side. I, no, but they're still losing because we're being denied the Otani on the mound and Mike Trout That's in fair. the box. We would have enjoyed that. Yes. That would have been that would have broken the internet, man. Yeah. Here but, are the, here are the two guys that Major League Baseball should be using as like their pillars, but they're on a team that always loses, and that one guy doesn't want to be marketed. Yeah. So, in fact, I just saw a picture of them side by side. You know, here, there's there's Otani in his Japan uniform, and there's Mike Trout in his USA uniform. And I'm going, oh, so that's what Mike Trout looks like. I had no idea. You won't miss Trey Turner, though. The Philly no. shortstop has been no. outstanding. The Wolfpack legend has been outstanding in the World Baseball Classic. So, looking forward to it tonight. I think a lot of people at first were like, why are they doing this? Baseball traditionals, I should say. They're going to get hurt. It doesn't matter. Then you see how the crowds have reacted yeah, in man. Miami, and it's been, quite frankly, it's been eye-opening. I saw see this, the passion. I saw the. I saw it on one of the ESPN shows earlier today about, you know, is there a carryover effect from the World Baseball Classic to Major League Baseball? And the answer to that is no, because Major League Baseball goes out of its way to have all this fun and emotion and all that stuff driven out. Plus, you know what you see in the World Baseball Classic that you don't see in Major League Baseball? Teams that actually want to win, which is a problem in baseball. There's a lot of franchises that have no interest whatsoever, including the team that these games are being played at, the Miami Marlins. They have no interest in actually winning games. Um, So... No, there is no carryover effect because Major League Baseball is more interested in making money than they are actually putting out winning product. They want to keep player wages down in the worst possible way, which is why all the owners hate Steve Cohen, the Mets owner, who, I mean, I lost he track the of what audacity to spend money. What? Joe. what? You and I were talking about this in the cubicle earlier today in that maybe baseball's future is what happens with soccer where the world cup is this huge event you also have the uefa cup and things like that the, the euros and then you have the, your english premier league teams but again this is coming from somebody who's not very immersed in english premier league soccer but my understanding is they got no problems paying oh they go hard in the paint. they go hard in the, paint the top to win for the sure. top teams yep. so what you see in major league baseball is you don't see the top teams going hard in the paint well to your point there's no fear of relegation now that would be something so if the marlins knew they weren't going to be and, and the bulls could move up yep well then yeah they've already they would have already moved up it's the most american thing ever man sport where where european sports leagues truly are capitalistic ventures but over here it's, nah, it's I mean, you invested, so nah, everybody gets a piece of the pie yeah next up
one of the four, all of the four, or half of the four. Speaking of making making money, that's what Roger Goodell, I guess, theoretically does for the NFL. According to various reports, Roger Goodell is going to have another contract extension. Uh, I saw it on ProFootballTalk.com. Mark Mask of the Washington Post uh, pointing out that Goodell's latest contract extension negotiated with the owners on the compensation committee is, quote-unquote, all about done and is expected to run until the spring of 2027. And this is uh, according to somebody who spoke on a condition of anonymity because the league made no announcement. The NFL declined to comment through a spokesperson. Goodell's current contract expires in March of 2024. The extension must be approved by at least 24 of the 32 team owners. Um, I don't see why he wouldn't be voted that you know out as commissioner for two reasons. One, who's a viable replacement for Roger Goodell? Yeah, I mean, yes, you make a lot of money, but do you really want that job? I mean, you got to run cover for the owners, right? Only so many people can do that. And the league itself will only run hot. How many more years? Oh, so what you're saying is you don't want to be the commissioner on the decline? You don't want to be the one that shut the lights down on the place. I mean, I get that. That's not coming next week. No, it's I, not. I get that part, but no, I didn't. It's, a, it's a tougher job than, yes, again, I would sign up for the $40 million a year to sit there and let Jerry Jones and whoever else really run the league. Yammer at me sure. and snip at me. I get that part. Yeah. But there is going to come a point where they start to go down mm-hmm. and then you're going to get blamed. Like mm-hmm. you're going to be the one blamed. I don't want that. No, I didn't I didn't think of it that way. I I was only looking at it from the perspective of Roger Goodell is really good at his job for the owners and that is essentially covering for them while also going out after, you know, after players remember when he was the law and order right. commissioner there right. for a while. I think he's given up on that. He clearly has given up on that. But you see what's going on with Dan Snyder and covering for him, covering for the scandals of the Washington Commanders. And this is why other owners would be like, okay, cool, he was, he's going to do the same for us. I mean, saw what happened in New England with, with, with Robert Kraft. And him, he got in trouble by going to one of these spas. So Goodell's good at that. He works for the owners, and he does a good job being a meat shield for said owners. And there's money to be made that way. As it relates to the television contracts, which he's somehow credited for, you and I could have knocked those out. All right? He's just good at running counter to all the news that's out there. Next up. One, two, three. I don't know about you, Joe, but the transfer portal is just ruining college sports. <laughs> yeah, these players, they just they got no sense of loyalty. They just run for the next paycheck now yeah, yeah, with yeah. name, image, and likeness. I just there's no place for it in college sports. In news today, fairly Dickinson coach Tobin Anderson is now going to be the head coach at Iona. That was quick. He agreed to a five-year deal. <laughs> so where is the energy for when coaches leave? And good for Tobin Anderson, yeah, right? Of course, of course. He, he was a grinder at St. Thomas Aquinas, okay? D2 gets FDU. They're a 16 seed. They beat a one. I'm not begrudging Tobin Anderson, right? But can, where is the energy for coaches that we have for the players? It can't be that the coaches are mostly white and the players are mostly black. That that can't be it, right? Not in the year of our Lord 2023. That that can't be a thing, right? It It is, though. Mm. It is. So I went to the dentist today. Oh, All no. Right. 
Probably a Carolina fan, graduated from Carolina. Oh, yeah. You know, the real problem is the NIL. Amanda Baycott was, well, was too busy doing well, Dr. Smith's commercials. That, that, that actually wasn't it. That, that's not what Dr. Smith wanted to talk to me about today. Shout out to Dr. Smith. Um, he was upset about them not going to the NIT, though. Oh. he was As I'm sitting there, poor Nadine is out here scraping out all the tartar from my wonky teeth. Sure. And he's like, all right, Joe. You tell me. You tell me why it was a good idea to sit out the NIT. And I'm like, well, we have a whole YouTube page. I know. Just check it out. I know, but he wanted to talk to me there. Yeah. But no, I bring up the NIL part of it too because Nadine brought it up. She's like, I just don't know if I like that. You know, players making money off this stuff. And I just calmly said to her, but and I'm not singling out Nadine. I'm just saying this is a typical type sure. of conversation that plays out. I'm sure you've had this conversation, too. When it's like, mm, I'm just not comfortable with players making money off this stuff. You know, it's college and X, Y, Z. And I, and I simply and calmly say, well, you know, 30 years ago, 40 years ago, college athletics was different. Yeah. But you look at all the money that's flowing through college athletics now, that what the coaches are making – the facilities, the television deals. And, it, and I said, don't you think it's kind of weird that all this money's flowing into the sport and the guys who are actually playing the sport are not profiting from this or benefiting from this? And it just, it then becomes a, oh, well, when you put it like that. I never thought of it that way. Right. Yeah, and legitimately. I, and again, and this is coming from a very casual yeah. perspective. So it, it, as with all things, it takes a while for the casual perspective to finally shift. I will say this, though, when it comes to name, image, and likeness. And the NCAA has lost the argument, okay? The only ones who still truly believe in the cause are those within the NCAA. Everybody else has moved on and keeps reminding them that what they're doing is wrong. And you've brought this up a ton of times. When the Supreme Court is unified and looking at you going, well, this is a scam, you, you've lost. You straight up lost. So now it's how do you go about it differently? And we're not done. Name, image, and likeness no. is the beginning of it. I would be curious to see where we are in the next five years as to how players are compensated, whether or not the SEC or the Big Ten decides to be the first one to make these players employees of the conference. As we've advocated for the ACC to yes. do. Yes, to be the first movers on yeah. that. We're probably about five years, ten years away from that. Of course, as long as Jim Phillips is the commissioner, that's never going to happen. Sure. So I think the sentiment has ultimately changed. And the last point I'll make about name, image, and likeness ties into something you said yesterday about what is college basketball going forward. If I follow my schools and I know that the guys who are playing are college players, that these guys have stuck around a couple of years and they're college players and they want to win at my school, you might actually have a rekindling of the relationship you have with watching college athletics because there's a continuity there. There's a little bit more stakes. It's not the one and done. It's not lost on me that ratings have gone up in college basketball this past season, including Duke, by the way, being a part of a ton of top-rated games on ESPN. And you saw in the NCAA tournament all the ills of, you know, supposedly people, well, I watch college basketball for this. I watch college sports for this. Well, clearly they haven't left in droves. They've actually engaged with the sport a little bit more. I don't know. That's, there's not enough evidence yet to say, you know, one way or the other. But I can definitively say that players getting money is not turning people off to college athletics because people are still going. 
and people are still watching. In fact, North Carolina was once again the top attended college basketball games of this past season. I think they averaged like 19,000 in terms of tickets distributed. That was the number one team in the country. NC State, I think, was clocked in around 13-5, which still ranks in the top 20, okay, because of the sheer size of PNC Arena. So clearly people are still going. People are still watching on TV. They didn't leave in droves. So just something to consider. Next up. And I don't even care who number two is. We don't want the Carolina Hurricanes to be number two, though. Mm-mm. We want the Carolina Hurricanes to win the Metro Division. But there's a slight problem. The Metro Division is creeping up on the Carolina Hurricanes. The Devils have been very, very good throughout the season. And meanwhile, their opponent tonight, the New York Rangers, Joe, have been on a hot one, just crushing teams uh, to get themselves within a few points of the Carolina Hurricanes and the Metro Division. Canes do do have two games in hand on the Rangers, but uh, game tonight, game Thursday, I do think it's a good measuring stick as to where the Hurricanes are right now with the injuries and how they've adapted as we get into the playoffs. Yeah, and also when you see the Rangers, you're going to see Vincent Trocheck tonight, and you're going to be like, wait a second. Hold up. He's on the wrong team, sir. Yeah. Uh, no, it's also interesting, the, the contrast, right? The Rangers, they look at Patrick Kane. Um, they made the moves that they did to improve at the deadline, whereas mm-hmm. a lot of Canes fans wanted the team to make the moves like the Rangers did, but didn't. So now you have to adjust. And then you have the injury to Andre Svechnikov. And now, listen, the footing can be tenuous when you lose a player of that magnitude. You add in the Max Pacioretty injury. This isn't the team the Canes expected to have. Okay, and I actually think this last month of the season is good for them to mentally readjust. Mm-hmm. And we saw this when they returned from the Svechnikov injury. It was, man, Svech is not here, right? Yeah. And, and he's not just a scorer for them. He is a guy who has a personality who, you know, like in no time has gone from a kid who didn't speak English to really one of the driving personalities in the locker room. Yeah, that stuff matters. Which is, which is impressive when you think about it. How they adjust, how they can make moves going forward mentally, that's the biggest thing you want to see over this last month. You and I have joked, you know, between tonight's game and Thursday's game, it does feel like game eight and game nine of the playoffs from last year after the Rangers had won in seven games. Obviously, that is not the case, but you still want to know when you get onto the ice with a team, hey, we can beat this group. And I think that's where the Canes need to be by the end of the week. Next up. The Carolina Panthers have the number one pick in the draft. Frank Reich, head coach, Scott Fitterer, the general manager, met with the media yesterday, and everybody's trying to decipher what it all means. We'll do our best next. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. I got breaking news from our friend Brian Murphy over at WRL.com, WRLSportsFan.com. The mobile sports wagering bill passed the House committee 
two more votes tomorrow. It'll go to the full house next week, but it did get through the committee. So the first step. We got the first, the first step. The first step is is here. Congratulations. They did the thing. Um, a quick note about this before we move on to the Carolina Panthers, because uh, I know Brian Murphy has um, been tweeting about it. They, they actually tried to take the college wagering out, but that failed. They also tried <laughs> to take an amendment out of using a credit card that also failed essentially everything that brian murphy had been telling us about what happened last year versus this year is that there was enough of a changeover and there was enough education that the same attempts by the hardliners that no this cannot happen remember the dixie classic they're like nah y'all we're moving on we're making this happen so this is a positive step in the right direction for the mobile sports wagering bill uh, man, I wish I could take. I wish I could put money down on who the Panthers are going to pick overall number one. You know, because my juices are flowing right now, Joe. Because I think I know who the Panthers are going to take. Who you got? C.J. Stroud. It's C.J. Stroud. That's it, huh? It's it. Look, there. You don't move up to the number one spot to to guess. Okay, so you have a you have a basic idea of the two guys that you're intrigued by. It's not all four. All right, you're not doing this your due diligence to like, you know, I really need to give Will Levis a look. No, if you really wanted Will Levis, you would have hung around. You would have moved up to the four spot, the five spot, not the one spot. So it's C.J. Stratter or Bryce Young. But the more I think about it and the more that we know about Frank Reich, I mean, C.J. Stroud's the guy. He's accurate. He doesn't have the size maybe, issues. Maybe he's bigger. Yeah, he doesn't have the size yeah. issues. Because if you're going by accuracy, you're going Bryce Young. Yes. Yeah. Well, C.J. Stroud, C.J. Stroud can. Have, I know what you're saying about Bryce Young, but C.J. Stroud is no slouch. No. Okay. So he his numbers were ridiculous at Ohio State, just straight up video game ridiculous. Okay. Now, so that's all I'm both saying. Both of them. And and that's the other thing too. You can't say, well, that's an Ohio State thing because all the guys around. I'm like, hi, right. Alabama's in the same boat. Right. I mean, we're talking about two NFL teams. And to your point about C.J. Stroud, when it comes to well, who do he do it against again in the, in the Big Ten? Well, we saw what he was capable of against Georgia, which is what you're more likely going to see. Yeah, and people are like, well, he didn't run against the Big Ten. He didn't have to. Hey, let me give you a couple of Big Ten scores here, and you tell me when it was time to run. <laughs> this is from this past season. Wisconsin, 52-21. Yeah, man, I want to risk an injury against a terrible Wisconsin team with my franchise quarterback. Rutgers, 49-10. Next. Michigan State, 49-20. Iowa. Iowa, the yeah. best defense there is, the best defense there ever was. 54-10. to Okay. Miss me with the he can't run because when they were murdering Big Ten teams, he didn't run. Or maybe it won't carry over. And by the way, he didn't really run against Georgia. He created plays. He evaded the rush. He extended plays. He also completed 23 of 34 passes for 348 yards, four touchdowns, no interceptions. Against the Georgia defense, while yes, not exactly at the 2021 level, was still yeah. going to end up with, you know, six, seven, eight pros on that defense. So here's Frank Reich, head coach of the Carolina Panthers, on moving up to number one so that they can get who they want. Scott, I mean, I can't tell you how great of a job he did in navigating that whole thing through the combine and 
and, and beyond. Um, he, he was masterful, and it turned out to be what we think is really a win-win. Obviously, we had to give up a lot to get from 9 to 1, but um, we, we had other options to get up and looked at all those, and this is where I really Mr. Tepper, I thought, had some really great insight in the process as we evaluated those options. Um, his analysis of those options, I thought, was spot on and kind of helped push us to the right decision. Um, to get up to number one and and to make that decision and to be in control. So, um, is there more pressure with that? I, I guess so, but I don't feel I don't feel it like that. I just feel like we're just looking. I feel more freedom. I feel more freedom when we can get we can actually get the guy that we want. We can take the time. We don't. We're in the driver's seat. So I feel that more than I feel pressure. That's Frank Reich, head coach of the Carolina Panthers. Here's Scott Fitterer, the general manager on doing exactly that, taking time to make sure they pick the right guy, which I'm okay with. We're still going through the process right now. I mean, obviously we have our ideas. You know, you're not going to make a move like that without having that pretty much cemented. Uh, but now we're going through the process of talking to the players and really getting to know them. You know, you know them as players starting back a couple of years when your scouts start, you know, watching these guys, evaluating them. We had a snapshot at the Combine where you get 18 minutes talking to them. But really, we want to get to know them, what drives them, who's supporting them, who's in their family. So this is an important time to go through this process. But uh, we do feel good about the group up top. So that's Scott Fitterer. And I believe them when they say this. I, I believe Frank Reich and Scott Fitterer when they talk about doing their due diligence. I know Darren Gant over at Panthers.com highlighted the pro day road trips they're going to be taking to get a better uh, idea of who they're going to be picking. But I still come back to what has Frank Reich worked with? What has he said in the past since he's taken the Panthers' job? And it keeps coming back C.J. Stroud. Unless Bryce Young can truly overcome some of the physical limitations that people are worried about, I think it's going to be C.J. Stroud. I think Stroud makes the most sense because, as you're saying, you're not guessing. Now, Will Levis didn't play with an NFL receiver, mm -hmm. right? Anthony Richardson, who knows with the transition from Dan Mullen yeah. to the new coach. You know, yes, there, there's an eye-popping talent there. I, I think they do owe it to themselves to look at those players, talk to those players, talk to the coaches who have worked with those players, and get a great understanding of what they could be. Because it's not what you are right now that necessarily matters. I think there's a lot of polish to Bryce Young's game. He won the Heisman Trophy a year ago, led Alabama to the playoffs a year ago, led him to another successful season this year. There's a lot of polish there, and he's played with pros. When you look at C.J. Stroud this year, he didn't have his number one receiver, but he still played with pros. Just look at look at the three receivers Ohio State put into the NFL last year, Joe. And you don't have to guess to know what he is. They have a lot of polish. But you do owe it to yourself to look at Will Levis and say, well, what will he look like with a full set of NFL receivers and an offensive line that's competent? You do owe it to yourself to go talk to Anthony Richardson and, and say, what will he look like? with all of these things in place around him. All fair. I don't disagree with you, I, but I do think with that number one pick, that's what you do. Do I think they'll go off the board come April 27th? No. No. I, I mean, I would slightly be surprised by Young just because of the measurables. But, again, you're talking about two guys in Young and Stroud that have a lot of polish to their game. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. 
With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Brian Murphy over at WRL.com has uh, got the news that the North Carolina Mobile Sports Wagering Bill advances through the first House Committee. At some point, I'm going to get used to these progressives, man. I'm having a hard time reading. <laughs> it's kind of awkward that you're talking about politics and you just said progressives, but you're talking about your glasses. I am talking about my glasses, which we'll, I guess we can, I'll revisit that in a second. As I'm, <laughs> these conservatives that I have, I they, just, you know, damn progressives. I, sh- I should have gotten conservative glasses. <laughs> it's going to take Although, me some time. That was like an uncanny. Sorry. Segment right yeah, there. My bad, right there. there. my bad on that. Although I'm sure there are some listeners out there that would love it if I actually had conservative friends Correct. to uh, to get some things uh, counteract. So hey, here's what's next, according to Brian Murphy, as this sports wagering bill is going through the House committee. It's going to go through the Finance Committee tomorrow morning and then the Judiciary Committee at noon. It'll get a full House vote next week. That's what's expected. So what's different? Well, it's what Brian Murphy's been telling us the last couple of weeks. It's what we talked about with Roy Cooper, governor of North Carolina, when we had some fun with his brackets last week. That there have been changes yeah. in who's in the House now. And there's been a lot more, I would call it, the, the nice way of putting it, the political way of putting it is education. Educate. Sure, you, you want to learn more about what's going on. But once the governor put the item in the budget, yes. That's speaking of educated. That's not a guess. <laughs> that's how he sees the vote going, and you start counting votes. And I know a lot of people were counting votes last time, and they thought they had it. But mm-hmm. you know, you, you get that margin, and you, people don't show up. Yeah, it was a different time of the year. Yeah, and there are different attitudes towards what gambling is and what it isn't. But you know, honestly, if you didn't learn anything from the Calvin Ridley situation. It's how closely this stuff is monitored. These casinos take this very seriously. It's their lifeblood, right? You and I talked to a bunch of different coaches this year. They're like, man, we don't know the formula for the net, (laughs) and it's our job. We want to know what it is. Yeah. Well, these casinos, they know the formula, my friend. They track everything. So it's it's never really been – and if the people who ran casinos could run the rest of the world, we'd be a lot better off. (laughs) Trust me. Yeah, no, they know how to run things. Uh, Brian Murphy did put this quote in the story. This is from North Carolina Representative John Autry on proposal to strip college sports from this wagering bill, which did not go right. through. That, that Again, they tried to do that last out. time. And, yeah. and it actually went through last did. time. Yeah. But it did not go through this this time. Quote, if we're going to do this, I don't see any reason that we should sully our beloved college sports or amateur sports in North Carolina. That Sully. That's... That's yeah. what it is. Because people wouldn't people don't gamble on college sports now. No, absolutely not. No one has a bracket. Nope. That's nope. not gambling. No, that's just that's just office fun, Joe. Sure. Pe- people filled out that bracket for fun. Not, some people do. Some people do. But most people do it to win. Most something. people do not. Yeah, that's the case. So that's where things are right now with the mobile sports wagering. For th- there seems to be some some confusion as to what exactly would be going through right now. It'd be very similar to what we've been seeing in other states. Mobile sports wagering is the move, meaning that 
once this eventually passes, and I, I, I have no reason to believe that it wouldn't, but once this eventually passes, you'll start hearing a hell of a lot more DraftKings, FanDuel, BetMGM ads on this very radio station, which, hey, keep the lights on, baby. And this is coming from somebody who really isn't all that interested in gambling. But I'm also very consistent in that there's no reason why people who want to gamble shouldn't be able to gamble legally, which is obviously not the case right now in North Carolina. And I'm also not a dummy. I like my job, and I understand how much money flows into our media now from yeah. sports wagering. Well, it's funny. You, you, the previous segment, you talked about how television ratings were up for college basketball. Yeah. I, I believe you're talking about the NCAA tournament. I am, yes. And and overall during the regular yeah. season, too. But mainly well, the- mostly, though, we tune in because we, we have a vested interest. And it might only be $10 in your bracket. Yeah. But that's the reason that you tune in. That's the key that the NFL figured out however many years ago. And they only have one game a week, so it's easier for them. But fantasy football is gambling. And people get vested in their fantasy team. They also get vested in the, the bets that they make on the NFL. Mm-hmm. And in-game betting has changed everything. Micro betting has changed everything. Who's going to score the first touch? First touchdown. You're going to you're going to see a lot of that uh, come football season. Come and when it's legal here in the state of North Carolina, because those are the kind of bets that people want to win. Joe, those are your eight, eight, eight to one, twelve to one, twenty to one odds that you get, and that's when you start getting excited. Oh, I've got I've got Marty Natchez to score the first goal tonight at, at yeah. eleven to one. Now all of a sudden. If you bet $100, you turn it into $1,100. You're pretty happy about that. It also turns some of the conversation insufferable, by the way. It does, because, so, A, everyone wants to tell you how much they win, and yes. no one ever really wants to tell you how much they lose until yes. it's a real bad beat. Yeah, yeah. Like, if you had Gonzaga the other night, and, and uh, TCU bangs that three at the buzzer, you're like, oh, no. Yeah, I I, I almost oh, feel no. like we should actually have a fine jar anytime. So it's like, I'm telling you to fade. I'm like, okay, put some money in the fine jar. Regardless, that's that's the update. I mean, that just feels like you want to tax me yes. of whatever money I'm I about do, to actually. make. I do, actually. I do. I do. I do. That's actually what I want to do. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.